Hi team and welcome back to another episode of the Coach Pete podcast. Now today's topic is going to be about bone health and we're going to be looking at various risk factors which can contribute to your bones maybe not being as healthy as they could otherwise be and I'll be giving you some advice on how you can use exercise to offset some of those negative factors. So one of the hallmarks as we get older is that we will lose bone strength and we will lose muscle mass. Now these can potentially lead to a decrease in your ability to dysfunction uh, optimally and it can also put you at increased risk of injury. Now today's ageing population uh, unfortunately is faced with a, a growing incidence of spine, hip, shoulder and wrist uh, fractures and this is mainly due to weakened bones uh, and more specifically due to osteoporosis. And osteoporosis, uh, and I'm speaking in New Zealand here, uh, is typically more common in Europeans and Asian New Zealanders, but to be honest, it's something which, regardless of ethnicity or race, it's, it's something that most people will experience to some degree uh, as they age, and it's likely that as we get an aging population, we will see that uh, the decrease in bone density will be something which will happen through all segments of the population regardless of ethnicity. Now estimated that one in three uh, New Zealand women and one in five New Zealand men by the age of 50 will likely suffer some sort of fracture uh, due to osteoporosis. So there's a quite big numbers if you really sit and think about the, the percentages involved there. Now at birth bones are soft and as we age they harden as your uh, body deposits more calcium and proteins and as your body is subjected to greater stresses which would then stimulate those bones becoming denser and stronger. So this happens quite rapidly through infancy, uh, tends to slow down a little bit uh, during childhood before uh, your massive bone formation is kind of locked in in your, your teenage years. Now bone density does reach its peak uh, typically between the ages of 30 and 35 and from that age it's generally uh, likely that you'll see a decrease in bone density for men and women. So takeaway there is that your bone uh, density typically peaks between 30 and 45 so 30 and 35 years of age before it starts its eventual decrease. So what are the risk factors, what things are causing uh, this bone density decrease and increasing likelihood of osteoporosis? Well one of the main risk factors, it's a pretty obvious one, is age. As we age, as I've mentioned, you typically lose bone density. So as you age and your bones are likely to get uh, weaker, they get less porous, they get or sorry, more porous, they get less dense. It puts you at a greater risk of having fragile bones which are more susceptible to fracture and breaking due to osteoporosis. So osteoporosis is mainly a condition which uh, sees that your bones become weaker and more brittle and likely to then be more likely to break. So it's not just the process of getting older that can lead to reduced bone mass and it is predicted, well suggested that and uh, overall that most people will lose about 1% of a bone uh, mass from about the age of 40 onwards. 
So again, if you can imagine, people are living longer these days, and if your bone density is peaking about 30, 35, and then dropping a percent each year at the age of 40, time people are getting to live their later years, maybe 60, 70, and who knows, maybe even 80s or beyond, unless you're doing something proactive to try and offset that, it's likely that your bones are going to be in pretty bad shape as you do approach uh, your golden years. Now, unfortunately, having something like osteoporosis, it's very common for bones to fracture and break, even with a minor fall. And that could be something as trivial as just bending over, tying your shoelaces. Uh, or in worst case, it could be that you actually trip and fall uh, and it becomes uh, quite a significant injury. It could be something like breaking a hip or one of your big leg bones. And it's uh, osteoporosis is responsible for hundreds of thousands of fractures each year. Uh, and a lot of experts, in fact, the mass, vast majority are predicting that that number is likely to rise as we get an aging population. Now, the most serious fracture uh, tends to be hip fractures. And six out of 10 people who break a hip do not regain their former level of independence. So it's not just a case of uh, you could fall, break a bone and then recover from it. As you get older and you do maybe come across these injuries, particularly things like hip fractures, you might recover to some extent, but the likelihood is that you won't regain full full strength or full mobility. So it could be that your, your overall quality of life could be quite substantially diminished uh, by breaking a bone. So it's quite a major thing. So this is definitely kind of cause for concern and cause for taking action uh, prior to these things becoming an issue. So, and again, think of examples here. Just getting out of a chair, walking across a room, sitting down, climbing stairs. These tasks, as you get older, and if you do experience a decrease in muscle and bone mass, that could have a big impact on your quality of life and your ability to, to live a fulfilling life. And it's estimated that more than 80% of seniors over 70 have some form of osteoporosis, as well as a, a substantial decrease in the muscle mass through the body as well. So, if you're aged over 40, or if you've broken a bone from an incident like falling or tripping, uh, chances are you should maybe get a diagnosed, not diagnosed, but speak to your GP uh, and maybe, who knows, get a, a diagnosis to whether or not you may or may not have osteoporosis. So, it tends to be that uh, the best treatment for these things is preventative treatment. It's taking action now, when you're, you're capable and you're able to do things so that you can work towards having stronger bones when you do get into your later years. Now, another risk factor, apart from getting older, unfortunately, is being female, which is a real bummer seeing this half the population is female. Now, osteoporosis is more common in older females and it occurs, like we said, when your bones become more porous and they get weak and they get more susceptible to breaks and fractures. Now, why does this happen? Now, this happens because there is a relationship with oestrogen and bone uh, strength, bone density. Now, when women get older and they go through the menopause where their body uh, has a decrease of oestrogen production, that can lead to a higher incidence of uh, porous and weak bones, less dense bones for women compared to men. So it's really unfortunate. It's a bit of a sucky one, but being female will increase uh, 
your risk factor for developing osteoporosis. And again, I'm going to talk about this in a much uh, greater detail in a later podcast. I'm actually thinking of doing uh, the next one on oestrogen and that'll be one of the, the things we'll talk about is the effect of oestrogen on bone health uh, and not just females but men as well but obviously there is a greater risk factor and it's something I'll, I'll talk about in more detail towards women. Now other risk factors for developing osteoporosis could be that you just naturally have a thin build for whatever reason. Uh, it could be that you've been physically inactive for a period of time so the more physically unactive you are, the more sedentary you are, the greater your risk of having weak bones. Uh, it could be a family history of osteoporosis, so maybe there's some hereditary factor in there. Smoking can contribute to osteoporosis, as can excessive alcohol and excessive caffeine consumption. Uh, having a diet low in dietary calcium can lead to uh, osteoporosis and weak bones as can having low levels of vitamin D. Now vitamin D is uh, another thing which I'll probably talk about in greater detail uh, in a different podcast. But vitamin D, you get it from your a lot of dairy foods. You also get it from exposure to sunlight. So it's maybe a good reason to get out and enjoy a bit of fresh air during the summer months here in New Zealand. Uh, various medications could work towards it. And typical ones are things which uh, have an effect on the thyroid a lot of those medications can have a, a negative effect on bone density as well, <clears throat> as can some epilepsy medications. But if that's something that you're maybe concerned about, it's definitely worth speaking to your GP and getting a bit of clarity on that. Uh, as mentioned earlier, having a deficiency in oestrogen, particularly in women, can be a big contributing factor to developing osteoporosis as well in later lives. Uh, and in men, having a, a declining level of testosterone as we age as well is also a risk factor. Now that is something I will definitely talk about again in a later podcast. So you, you see a theme here, I'm going to be expanding in my uh, talking about hormones, so oestrogen and testosterone will be the next ones on the list. Uh, various treatments for prostate cancer which reduce testosterone in men could be a risk factor and various treatments for breast cancer which reduce oestrogen in women could also be a risk factor. So again, it's talking about those main sex hormones, testosterone and oestrogen, and as they decrease, that puts you at an increased likelihood of having a decreased bone density. So there you go, Tim. Quite a lot of risk factors there, but hopefully as you see by as I go through this podcast, there is quite a, a lot you can do to offset this. Uh, right now, you can make starts in this uh, as soon as you like by getting active and doing some form of exercise. Now, osteoporosis, it isn't, it's not considered a normal aspect of aging. It is highly preventable. I want to make that clear. And the sooner you start taking action towards it or getting treatment towards it, uh, the better your chances of offsetting or reducing that risk altogether. So it's important to understand that osteoporosis it's not a disease in the clinical sense, it's more of a, a condition. Uh, osteoporosis is a, a multifaceted ailment. It's caused by numerous interrelated factors and it can be treated. And uh, like I will go through this podcast and you'll, you'll start to see a lot of those treatments come back to just being physically active and really it, it requiring your bones to adapt and get stronger as a result. But the takeaway there is it's not 
it's inevitable, it's not an inevitable feature of ageing. Unfortunately, it does seem to be in the rise and a lot of that is to do with being inactive or maybe leading a less than healthy lifestyle. But good news is there's a lot you can do to change it. So until about if the ages of 30 to 45, as I mentioned previously there, your bones will be in a constant state of building. Uh, and after that, unless you're exposing your bones or putting stress through your bones, they will decline. So your bones are like any other organ in your body, or they're thinking of them like muscles almost. The more stress you put in your muscles to an extent, the more you ask them to stay strong or to adapt to get stronger, the more they will respond by becoming stronger. And your bones are a little bit like that as well. Although the time periods in terms of getting them stronger tends to be a little bit longer, a lot longer than it would be compared to your muscles. Now, bone strength can also be affected by hereditary factors, as we mentioned earlier. Diet can play a big part. I think of vitamin D, uh, dairy products. Sex hormones, testosterone, estrogen. Uh, typically, if you see a decline in those, that will likely lead to a decrease in bone density. Uh, physical activity can have a major influence. Lifestyle choices as well, and certain medications. Now, for the prevention of management of osteoporosis, it is necessary to use a uh, more like a synergistic approach, so you're not just focusing one thing at a time, but it might be worthwhile trying to be a little bit healthier with your eating, make sure you're getting uh, the calcium rich foods, making sure that you've got enough vitamin D, whether it's from your food or just from getting natural vitamin D from being in the sun, and then also having a fairly good uh, exercise regime. So you don't need to focus on one issue, you're better to take a balanced approach through a couple of different strategies here. So I would suggest just becoming a little bit healthier overall. Maybe that's sleep, not being as stressed. Make sure your nutrition is relatively good. It's giving you the uh, essential nutrients you need for your bones, uh, which would typically be calcium, vitamin D, healthy proteins, and make sure you're getting some uh, exercise in there so that the bones are being asked to deal with stress and which in turn they will adapt and get stronger. So like muscle, I said earlier, bones respond to exercise by becoming stronger. So a lack of weight-bearing exercise could be considered, I, I would consider it one of the, the main contributing risk factors to a decrease in bone density. So if you're maybe looking at someone who has less school and has then taken something like a, a sedentary office job and doesn't then do a lot of physical activity, you will find that as the years roll on, that person will have significantly reduced bone density compared to somebody who maybe leaves school and whether they get an active job or they may have a sedentary job, but they could have, have exercise, could be a component of their life uh, from the early days. They will have a much stronger uh, bone density and thereby they'll have a much reduced likelihood of developing osteoporosis. So the takeaway is, to some extent, it's use it or lose it when it comes to your bones and your muscle. So, as we look at uh, adding exercise or weight-bearing exercise, that essentially forces your bones to continue the process of remodeling. And that's where, in layman's terms, your body is taking calcium, it's taking nutrients and minerals, and it's putting it into your bones in order for them to stay strong. So they need stimulus for that to happen. So weight-bearing exercise, 
it has been shown to increase bone density and to overall improve bone health. So weight-bearing exercise, think of things like, uh, it could be as low-key as just physical activity performed on your feet. So the weight is having to be loaded through your legs, your femurs, your hip, your spine. And even just doing that, something as simple as walking could be considered weight-bearing exercise. So it doesn't need to be a very uh, high-intensity exercise. It doesn't need to be anything too extreme or too out the gate. If you're somebody who's living a sedentary life and you start walking, that is going to make big inroads, not just improving your bone health, but improving your, your health in general. So weight-bearing exercise could be as low key as walking, uh, but typically it would be things where your, your bones and your muscles are acting against gravity. Uh, so weight-bearing exercise is things where your muscles and your tendons will apply uh, tension to the bones, which will then stimulate the bones to produce more bone tissue. So as a result, uh, as your bones become stronger and more denser, your risk of osteoporosis will decrease, your risk of fractures associated to weak bones will also decrease. So the takeaway is, you gotta get some good weight-bearing exercise for your body. Now, I said walking is good, but it is good if you haven't been doing much, but it's not the optimal means of exercise and we'll talk about what that is as I continue through this podcast. So, there are several characteristics of exercise that will have an impact on your bone density. So the first one is strain magnitude and that refers to the force or impact of exercise. Things like, uh, if you think like extreme terms like gym, gymnast, gymnastics, uh, weightlifting, they'll have a high strain magnitude Place through the bone, so that's things that your your standard weight training exercise, and that is awesome. So that is just going to be putting your bones in a situation where the strain magnitude is quite high, which is then going to force your bones to remodel, to adapt, to become stronger. So strain magnitude, think uh, things like gymnastics or weightlifting or weight training. Another aspect is strain rate, and this refers to the rate of impact in your exercise. So you're thinking of things more with an impact, things like running, uh, jumping, or general plyometrics. Plyometrics is exercise which involves a lot of the uh, explosive movement. And I typically would think of things like jumps, uh, skipping rope, could even be like sprint work, or throwing, catching, things like a medicine ball. So that's just strain rate. So we get magnitude and strain rate. And the last one is strain frequency, which refers to the frequency of impact. So you might be looking at things like running, where you're impacting, but you're doing it for high volume, so there's lots of impacts each leg, depending on how long you run. Now, the, the best way to uh, get your bones stronger would be to get some element of each of those things. So some strain magnitude, things like uh, heavy weight-bearing exercise, might be some weight training of some sort. Strain rate, where your body's having to contend with uh, a lot of impact, a lot of high uh, explosive force so that there's things like jumps jump rope or plyometrics and strain frequency where you're asking your body to do impact and weight bearing exercise over and over again so that's activities like running so slightly different uh, effects from each of them but again like the overall kind of when you come to try and manage this we're looking at not just one approach we're trying to get a synergistic approach from lifestyle I would sell I would say take the same approach to exercise so you don't 
just focusing on weight training or jumping or running. You want to get a good mixed bag of both in there. But uh, I probably would say that uh, if I had to pick one mode of exercise, I would probably go for the, the strain rate. Uh, and hopefully, again, I can maybe elaborate in a little bit as we go through this. So the magnitude, the rate and the frequency of the strain during exercise on your muscles to ask your tendons to produce tension to get your bones moving is what you need to build bone density. So in terms of exercise, so I've already mentioned it could be something as low key as walking. Uh, that could be a good entry level, but I wouldn't say it was optimal. So weight bearing exercise, it could utilize a lot of different modes. It could be body weight, it could be equipment based, it could be machines. So again, it doesn't need to be one particular narrow path you have to follow. Uh, and the reason I say that is that I, I take for somebody to think, ah, oh, I've just got to work in this one mode of exercise. And that may be just, not everybody enjoys weight training, for example. So it doesn't necessarily need to be that. It could be lots of different activities or it could be a spectrum of activities that you do through the course of the week. So it could be things like running, it could be walking, it could be weightlifting, it could be walking up a hill, tramping, hiking. All those things put you uh, working against gravity with your legs, pushing a lot of weight, your body weight through your, your femurs, your hips, your pelvis, your lower spine, which are all the problem areas. So those would be great activities. Now obviously strength training is a really good mode of exercise. So that could be things like squats, push-ups, lunges, even just using machines. Or you can take it a step further. Uh, and your exercise could involve something like plyometrics, which I've spoken about being a really, really good mode because that has a high strain rate. Uh, or it could be you play a sport. Uh, most sports uh, tend to involve a lot of running around, a lot of quick movement, a lot of changing direction, which would, again, put a lot of tension, a lot of force through your, your skeletal system. So I think the takeaway from that is that don't restrict yourself to maybe like a narrow focus. If exercise isn't something that you particularly gravitate towards, it's really important that what you do choose is something that you're likely to adhere to for the duration. So try and find something that you enjoy doing. Now, in terms of uh, how frequently or how much commitment you would need to that, you'd be surprised to know that it, it wouldn't be too much. So like I mentioned there, just a couple of recaps. Bone density generally decreases after the age of 30 to 40. So it's important that you do get some exercise to prevent osteoporosis in later life. It's never too late. So if you are in your 50s, 60s, even 70s, 80s, it's not too late to exercise. And it's definitely not too late to gain muscle and to then in turn, long term, uh, regain some bone density. So it's never too late to exercise. Uh, you can access it at any stage of your life. But having said that, the earlier you start exercising in life, the better. The way I like to think of it is the earlier you start exercising uh, and the more that you try and progress for that through your peak years. And I'll take myself for example, I'm 45. I started working out when I was in my teens and I realised that's maybe a bit of an anomaly for a lot of people uh, and I have been doing it pretty consistently since then. So one of the things I kind of set myself as a target as I, I became more aware 
of the, the kind of deeper benefits from exercise, or in particular bone strength as well, was I wanted to get strong as I could by like my, my 30s, 40s. So that's partly why I decided to get any weightlifting as like I did. Uh, and I, I feel like I've peaked at that. I'm, I'm not aiming to get stronger. And what I'm aiming to do now is I'm fast approaching middle age is to try and maintain my strength for as long as I can. Now, I'm not being unrealistic. I fully expect a decline of some sorts, but the way I'm looking at it is that the higher my peak, the less my eventual decline would be. So apply that to yourself with your exercise. Regardless of your age or your starting point, try and get as much uh, steady progression if you as you can. And I'd probably say strength training is one of those mods where it will give you a really, really long uh, gradual lifespan of progression if you do it properly. So that it could be that you might not hit your peak strength for couple of years, lots of years into your training and that could happen regardless of age. You could be approaching strength training as a complete novice in the 60s and still get a really, really good peak by the time you're 65, even 70 if you play your cards right and that means that your eventual decline isn't going to be as pronounced and you will be healthier and more able to live an active, fulfilling life. So going back to how often you might need to commit to exercise. You can get awesome results from as little as three times per week. And that could be as little as three 15 to 20 minute workouts per week will be sufficient to build bone density. So that's not a big time commitment there. So personally, I think that is definitely achievable and it is something I would definitely advocate that you do. Get stronger pick a mode of exercise, or maybe pick a few different modes at the gym and get into it, get your body stronger by making it uh, get stronger at weight-bearing exercise. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more uh, just in the strength training part because I personally believe that that is a mode which will probably give you the biggest bang for your buck. Now, I did say earlier that plyometrics were good, but I would consider plyometrics to be uh, an extension of your your strength training exercise. Uh, and just, just thinking of plyometrics in terms of maybe someday training towards a jump. Now, if I take your average 50 year old and I ask you to jump, there's a good chance that it might not be the best thing for you. It could be quite risky if you haven't done it for a couple of years. So I would look to strength training. Uh, I would use that as a, a really good tool to build a base, which would then put you in a safer position to then do something like a jump. So the ultimate form of exercise to get your bones denser might be jumping in plyometrics, but to get you there, you're gonna to need to do some strength training to get you to do that safely. So strength training. Strength training is awesome. And lots and lots of benefits. So not just your bones, it will also keep your muscles stronger. It will keep your joints more flexible. It will keep them, more, uh, keep them stronger and more robust. It is good for your heart health. It's good for your balance. And I think as you get older, your bones are denser. You want to minimize your chances of falling because if you do have weak bones, you fall and you break a, break your pelvis that, or femur, that's going to potentially uh, impact the rest of your life. And I think six out of 10 people who fall don't regain full uh, functional uh, fitness after that. And the reason I mentioned that is balance. If your balance is better, there's less chance of you falling in the first instance. So that, 
is another big thing uh, I would aim to improve through through your exercising. Having a lot of older clients, it's something which I really, really try and develop with people. And it's great to see people go from not being able to stand on one leg for any length of time to being doing all sorts of uh, exciting exercises and all crazy balance moves on one leg. But ultimately, it will decrease your chances of falling in the first instance. So, many studies show that strength training can slow bone loss and it can also help to build stronger bones as well as those bones get remineralized and get denser. Now, strong bones, as we know, can offset age-related uh, decline where you will lose bone mass and it will offset the chance of uh, your risk of fracture, fracture due to osteoporosis. Now, strength training can be considered activities that put stress through bones, uh, such as movements that, that tug, push, pull on bones, or essentially just cause a lot of tension through your bones by lifting weights, by working against gravity, which will result in your bones adapting, getting stronger and getting denser. Now, workouts which involve things like free weights, barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, machines, resistance bands, tubes, medicine balls, or even bodyweight exercises, all of those things are going to be awesome for creating that tension to get your bones stronger. Now, it's important that you do get some work which does target uh, the bones which are most likely to fracture. So that would be things like your wrists, uh, spine, pelvis, uh, and probably see the femur as well. So getting lots of good lower body movement in there. So think of things like squats, lunges, step-ups, or maybe for the wrist it could be things like push-ups. And having a strong core is also going to help that as well. So other moves like resistance bands, using tubes, using maybe dumbbells, uh, things like that are going to just help increase the arm bone density. So that could really help offset uh, wrist fractures. Now, as well as just doing the exercises, I think it's important that when you're doing your strength, uh, planning your strength uh, exercise or routine, that there is a focus, not just in creating the strong bones, but also creating better coordination and creating better balance, like I mentioned earlier, so that not only are you reducing your chance of breakages by having stronger bones, but you're reducing your chance of falling or tripping in the first instance because if your coordination is better, it might be that your reaction time could be improved and if you do stumble, you're reducing your chance of falling and if your balance is better, there's more chance that you might catch yourself uh, and so that you don't fall in the first instance. So I mentioned earlier, it's recommended that you do, let's say a bare minimum twice a week of about 20 minutes, but I would say let's get ideally optimal two to three sessions of about 30 minutes of some sort of weight bearing strength exercise. Uh, but if you're a busy person or you're a new person to it, get at least two times 15 minutes. I would say that would be the, the minimum which you'd need to see some sort of improvement. Now, not only do you want to just do exercise, but like I mentioned at the beginning, you want to have a synergistic approach where you're also maybe trying to eat more foods which are rich in calcium. You're trying to get more exposure to sunlight so there's more vitamin D production or get it from your diet. Uh, and that you're doing those weight-bearing exercises so that you're, you're exposing your body to exercise, you're asking it to adapt, but you're also giving it the building blocks in the terms of the nutrients, calcium, vitamin D, so that your body can then put that or some of that back into the bones to remineralize, 
to get the bone stronger. So it's a synergistic approach where you're you're, you're exposing them to the the exercise, asking them to get stronger, but you're also giving it building blocks between that as well. Now, to make a big impact in your bone density, it is important that you do have healthy bones and you get moving, you get the stress through it. So not just jumping, I would definitely say, sorry, not just walking, but definitely suggest that walking is a good start and it's a good activity overall, but get some strength training in there. Now, like I said earlier, I think the ultimate mode of exercise, if you're looking just to really maximize your bone density, would be to add some sort of a jumping. And the reason I say that is jumping, the, the impact, the force you need to push off the ground creates a really good stress through the bones and the impact of hitting the ground safely will also get a lot of a good stress through the bones. And it's the type of stress which really does uh, maximize your adaptation where your bones will become stronger to that. But like I said earlier, don't just start jumping having not uh, been conditioned in the first instance, it's important that you don't just rush into that. And I would probably suggest that it's worthwhile maybe doing a bit of walking for a period of time, introducing some strength exercise, things like squats and lunges, getting proficient at them, getting strong at them, and then maybe introducing some small box jumps, which over time, hopefully, you would then progress into maybe bigger jumps. Uh, and like I say, the ultimate would be trying to get as strong, trying to get as much of a peak as you can, regardless of your age, before you're unable to maintain that and your ability does start to decrease. Think the higher you can peak, the less your decline will be. So there's been studies, and uh, as I was doing my research for this podcast, it's definitely been shown that uh, for premenopausal women who perform as little as 10 to 20 jumps with a good impact twice uh, a week for as little as maybe three to four months will drastically increase their incidence of uh, developing osteoporosis in later life. So that's quite an awesome thing. So think about that. Twice a week, maybe 10 to 20 jumps through the course of a week could really improve your bone health. That's not a big ask. So to think about it, guys, get stronger and then get jumping if you can. But having said that, if jumping just isn't your thing, or if you just have a, a limitation, maybe you've had an injury, you've had a knee injury, you've had a hip replaced, and just jumping isn't your bag, it's not gonna work for you, get walking. Walking is still a good mode of exercise. Better still, walk up an incline, uh, go tramping. That type of exercise is great for increasing bone density in the lower body, in the hips, spine, and femurs, which I've always common areas where people do tend to get fractures and breaks more often as a result of having osteoporosis. Uh, and also, like I said as well, it might be worthwhile to eventually have a plan at the gym where you're mixing things up. You will be doing a component of some sort of strength exercise, but you might also be doing something which involves some sort of jumping or throwing, and you might even be doing a walk or a run through the week as well. So you're getting those three different strain uh, factors or you're exposing your body to those different factors to get the best bang for your buck. So, takeaway guys is start getting stronger. Start putting some weight-bearing stress through your bones. And age is not a limiting factor here. Uh, the older you are, and if you haven't been doing any exercise, 
it's probably more important for you than anybody else to start doing some so that you're taking action now to prevent your decrease from getting so profound that it will cause you issues. And if you are somebody who does currently have osteoporosis, have a word with your GP. See if there's some sort of medication you can get to maybe maximize your calcium or vitamin D intake and speak to them about coming and beginning exercise. They're not going to tell you not to do it uh, because it is going to be such a good thing for you. So, takeaways guys, if you're over the age of 40, it's likely that your bones are going to start to get a little bit weaker unless you're exercising. So, I've mentioned all the different benefits there. I don't need to repeat them. Get in there, get active, get moving. Now, if you're female, unfortunately, you're going to be at a greater risk. So, it's even more important for you and even more important that you get in there if you have been through the menopause and your estrogen levels are low. But again, maybe speak to your GP and think of or ask them about the options, maybe some sort of a hormone replacement where you can get something to maybe help manage that decrease of estrogen uh, through your body. So guys, I'm going to wrap it up there. I think I have spoke enough on bone health and I think I've just, uh, I've rammed into you as well that uh, exercise is definitely something you should be doing here. But just to get a bit of a wrap up, risk factors being old is a risk factor. Uh, your bones get peak uh, density around about the ages of 30 to 40. Uh, that peak can be maximized by exercising from an earlier age. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily need to be that you will experience a major decline. Osteoporosis is not inevitable. It is something you can offset or manage or even prevent just by keeping an active lifestyle. So get to the gym, get active. If you're below the ages of 40, get as strong as you can prior to then so your eventual decline won't be as pronounced. If you're an older adult, it doesn't matter. Get in there, speak to your GP, come and speak to your trainer. If you're a member of Anytime Fitness Cashmere, come and speak to me and I will help you work through an exercise plan. So guys, before I do wrap up, as always, uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I would like to ask you a favour, and if you can share this, uh, whether it's through whatever social media you got, maybe just give it a share, if it's in Facebook, Instagram, whatever, or tell your, your colleagues, your friends, your family as well. Now, if you're listening to this, and you're listening to it at the same of when I publish it, which will be late November 2021, I am going to be running uh, a bit of a a bit of an eight week uh, we'll call it an, initi an initiative eight week initiative I'm going to call it Project X because it's going to be aimed at Generation X the Gen Xers and that's people like me uh, maybe people like you anyone who was born between the years of 1965 to 1985 you will be considered a Gen Xer uh, and this initiative, eight week training initiative, is going to be aimed at you, it's going to be aimed at people my age, maybe a bit older, a bit younger, who we're no longer spring chickens, let's be honest, we're getting a little bit older, and all these things I've been speaking about here, there's a bit of a theme where there's maybe a decrease in uh, testosterone, estrogen, we'll be talking about that, we'll be talking about insulin, how you can manage your blood sugar so that that doesn't become a risk factor for you. We'll be looking at things like bone health, like we've just spoken about, uh, how to retain your muscles so that you 
you don't uh, have any issues from decrease of uh, muscle mass as you age. And we're also speaking a, a wee bit about cognitive health and how exercise and lifestyle and nutrition can all work together essentially to improve your quality of life. So guys, keep your eyes peeled around the gym. Now, the reason I mentioned in that, if you've listened to this point and you, that sounds like something you're interested in, get in touch and I'll hit you up with a wee bit of a, a discount as well if you mentioned that you've listened to the Coach Pete podcast. So guys, let's wrap it up. Uh, we'll speak soon and I'm going to start researching the next one which will be estrogen and that'll be definitely worth a good listen to. So guys, Pete out. Until next time, bye.